Hey everyone, welcome to Wake Dad, Drink, Repeat, the podcast that defines today's dad. I'm Anthony Palmer. I'm Michael Smith. Palmer, you know we um, are interviewing a UFC fighter for this episode. I did know that. This shit got real. It got real, real quick. Ding, ding. And ding, ding. And, <laughs> and when we talk about it, today's dad, most of the time in life, this today's dad isn't a world-class fighter. But in this case, that is the case. It is very true. He, um, total, total badass. Like uh-huh. real, like really. Uh huh. And not like perceived by other people, like legitimate, uh huh, world class badass. Yeah. At at one point in time in the podcast, he makes reference to, I'm in the octagon. Somebody's wanting to kill me, and uh-huh. that's <laughs> that's frightening. That's real deal. <laughs> that's real deal. <laughs> yeah. You, you know how you know you're not as manly as you think you are? You, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, on, our, on the pod today, we have Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. He's a, uh, he's a UFC fighter, like you said, and um, a, a, a genuine today's dad, a truly humble and incredible, um, person. incredible human being. Incredible dad. Yeah. Um, incredible uh, moral compass and uh, drive. And uh, quite frankly, I really just want to have a glimpse into his son, Hayes, that's 20 months old. Like I want to watch him at age 10 and 15 yeah, right. and 18 <laughs> just to know how much of a stand-up dude he's going to be. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, it, it was an honor to sit down and uh, talk with Scott, and uh, it's an epic conversation that uh, we know you guys will enjoy. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Uh, before we get into it, though, please continue to rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, Do and it. find us on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about the show. It helps us to keep making sure that this thing's entertaining for you guys, and... Uh, you got it, man. What are you drinking on? I know Vienna what you're coffee. On. We, we, I'm, we are again at the um, Wake Dead Drinker Pete West yeah, office. On a snowy, a snowy day. It is a snowy day. I'm, I'm sitting here waiting for Knox County to text and be like, immediately evacuate the schools. There's a dusting on the ground. Asheville schools are already closed. Um, so uh, we are drinking coffee this morning. Um, and it's actually, we interviewed uh, Scott's episode. We just got done with it. So, we did. Um, so nonetheless, let's smash play, and you guys please enjoy our episode with Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. <laughs> I'm five foot nine and white. <laughs> I need weight classes. Big, big, yeah, no football. Big, big in football and basketball. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're joined today by Scott Holtzman. Scott's a uh, UFC fighter in the lightweight division. Scott, thanks for thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's uh, I'm excited to be here. I uh, love the podcast, so it's gonna be a good day. Well, thanks. Yeah, we're we're super excited to have you on. We we owe a uh, a shout out to our buddy Scott Stallings for helping to to get you here. You guys are are buddies, but kind of training partners at times, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're <laughs> we're buddies, training partners. Uh, whether that's good or bad, sometimes we hate each other when when we pick those workouts. But um, <laughs> you know, he's a good friend, so he he uh, recommended the podcast. I listened, and um, so here I am. I um I w- was was told we needed to ask you about um getting choked out by a golfer. <laughs> um, so I feel like I feel like before we get too far into the show, maybe we should yeah. maybe we should have that conversation. <laughs> Well, hey, I mean, he did choke me out once, but 
I did show him the choke, so yeah, I know that what <laughs> anybody I can do, surprise yeah. attack you from behind. It's not fair when yep. you're not expecting it. He, yep, exactly. He did follow that up with saying that uh, he tapped out after about 1.3 seconds. So yeah, <laughs> when, when it got turned back on him, yeah. When when I first showed him the chokehold and put him in it, it got real, really real quick. quick. Yeah, he uh, he squealed quick like his life was in danger that's funny so that's funny i'm super one thanks for being here i'm, I'm super thankful that um it, it's awesome to meet you for the first time but i'm very thankful for your very 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 recent fight for a win like before yeah. your fight i was like shit man i i so hope this guy takes the w on this mm-hmm. um one congrats on that um yeah. and um i'm glad you're riding high with a victory for it and also selfishly i'm glad because it's going to make this round table conversation go a lot more smooth <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, it definitely feels good to win. Yeah. I'm I'm all bruised up and, and beat up from the fight. Nothing too serious, but uh, you're always a little less bruised after a win. And, yeah, yeah. and everything's, the food tastes a little better, and <laughs> the podcasts are a little better too. So I think uh, we're all thankful for a win. Well, well congratulations, man. Thank well, you. so you are a, um, as, as with most of our guests on the show, you're a dad. Um, you guys have Hayes, who's 20 months old. Um, which is funny. I was talking with someone just the other day about, um, which actually we, we just tied together that our sons are in the same preschool or same freaking class, class, whatever you want to call it, which is funny as hell. But, um, I'm at the spot where it's like, I don't, I don't know how to go by months anymore. I feel like it's, you just say, well, almost two years old. (laughs) It just, it's a lot easier. Well, my daughter's going on 52 months. Yeah. See, I can't do (laughs) that. I don't know if that's accurate. It doesn't work that way. At a certain point, you have to make the year transfer. Yeah, we're in years now. Yeah, it's a lot easier. I'm I'm still trying to figure out like all the parenting things. Like, oh, you know, by the time he's twenty, you just say almost two. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. you know, or you wait till he's two before you say two. Or, yeah. So like, still figuring it out, but he's twenty months old right now. So I'm I'm going with almost two. There Stick you with go. That. That's I, good. I like it. Before we kind of get much further into the show. Uh, we start all of our shows with asking our guests to give us their today's dad definition. So I'm going to let you give us your definition. Scott Hot Sauce Holtzman, today's dad definition is, to me, I think mine's a little more personal. Uh, so for me, today's dad, obviously I'm still learning. I, I kind of, I came out without a real dominant father figure. So uh, for me, the dad definition is just, be the guy who I never had. Be the guy who I needed um, when I was coming up. So, um, you know, whatever it is in life, any type of daily dad duties or uh, mom duties or whatever, I I just want to be that guy who's there, there every day and, and you know, does whatever needed to, to be that dad. So uh, for me, I never really had anybody to say, hey, you know, whenever you meet somebody, look them in the eye, shake their hand, say thank you, say please, uh, be respectful. I never had anybody to do that, so I did a lot of learning on my own. So uh, just want to be the guy that I needed when I was coming up. So that's my definition, short and sweet. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That, um, that I mean, it truly is probably, I, you said it best at the front end, it's probably the most like personal yeah. Definition we've ever mm-hmm. gotten on the show. Um, and just in our little bit of knowing you really mainly through mm-hmm. social media more than anything and kind of get preparing to have you on the show, it is so incredibly apparent your mm-hmm. like passion for being a dad. Mm-hmm. Like that, I mean, which is really cool to see because you 
you look at somebody who is a UFC fighter, is a MMA dude, whatever it may be, in that arena, and it's like those people got to be pretty hard. Which, yeah. I mean, you are when it's work mode time. I'm sure you're like you know very in the zone and focused in on that. Yeah. But to be able to turn that and be this person that's there for mm. your son, your daughter, whatever it may be, and and have that passion to that's based around the values of being a, a good adulting dad yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that's a that's a big transition i'm sure <laughs> yeah it's it's a it's a tough balance for sure so however it creates a balance so mm-hmm. you know i'm at the gym and uh obviously i'm training to fight so it's as intense as you could get for you know three four hours a day total or but then i come home and and able to be with my son, be with my family creates, uh, this awesome balance. So you don't always have to be, uh, plugged into this savage circuit mode or caged animal or whatever (laughs) people might perceive me as, uh, as a UFC fighter. So I think just, you know, with having our son, obviously, you know, almost two now, uh, 20 months. 20 months. Yeah, <laughs> you, said it, you said it wrong for, for you, for you purists out there. 20 months. 20 months ago. Um, I thought we covered this. Yeah. Is, is really created this, um, you know, newfound motivation for me to, uh, you know, to, to train and keep going in my career and, but also, you know, find that balance between being a dad and, and being a good dad or, you know, the best dad I can be and, yeah. and you know, still training to fight and all that stuff. So. Un- unpack, you said motivation, unpack that a little more. What was, well, we'll certainly get into your, your beginning and what brought you into this world, but describe you motivation mm-hmm. pre-kid. And then post and how yeah. that's um, just well, there's a mental aspect that's huge. There's mm-hmm. a training aspect that's huge. And then there's the balance aspect that you just referenced. But like, how has that mentally racked you? Yeah. So I think in the beginning when you're when you're training and, and obviously I played college, uh, college baseball, <clears throat> a little bit of pro hockey uh, for the Knoxville Ice Bears and go ice bars. Yeah. Go ice bears. <laughs> um, and then. When that was done, in my entire life, all all I've ever really wanted to be was a professional athlete. I've always loved sports. I never was into comic books or superheroes, really, or anything. It's always been sports. So uh, when those competition days were done, uh, I got a real job, and I was sitting in a cubicle and uh, talking on the phone and on the computer, and it drove me crazy, man. Like Doing what? Uh, I, was, I was recruiting for electrical engineers. Okay. So I would call these okay. foreign... <laughs> PhD grads who are designing microchips. When I basically. look at you, that's exactly yeah. That's, that's, that's yeah. the vibe you throw out. Yeah. yeah. So for three years, I sat in this cubicle, and it drove me crazy. Near the end, I could barely get myself out of bed. Yeah. But I was always like, "Hey, you're not a quitter. You know, let's let's keep going. You know, you're making good money there. You got health care. You've got a, a free cell phone. Like this is what society says. This is what the American dream. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So By the book, is, you're doing it. This is it. You went to college. You got a degree. Now you're working. You know, you're <laughs> going to get a degree. house with a picket fence, and you're going to get married and have some kids, <clears> and like that's the way life goes. Um, so it drove me crazy. So I started training jujitsu there towards the end, 
um, of that. <laughs> nope, gonna fight people. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> just as another out- outlet, I think I was twenty three or twenty four when I started training. Okay, so like the the being like it's not like you grew up doing karate and no. all that kind of stuff. So no, this is a more of a late in life. Late in life was I, it a personal have... vendetta to like a neighbor cubicle guy? <laughs> I think he's a little a, bigger than me. I if need to learn. Ethel that. hits her space bar hard one more time. <laughs> Who keeps drinking all the coffee? Jesus. <laughs> I think it was a personal vendetta towards the whole uh, rat race and Concept American society beating uh, beating the system. Yeah, I think it was it was that. But so started training to fight. Long story short, did one fight. Uh, I said, you know what? I got to try it once. I've been training. So did one fight, one in 30 seconds, didn't even get hit. So I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get hit. I'll do it again. I'm going to do this fucking hit. Yeah. And so then I ended up, I'm like, well, I'll do it until I lose. So then all of a sudden I was 7-0 and as a professional and 5-6-0 and as an amateur. So I'd done 13 fights, never lost, never really been in trouble. All of a sudden I get a call from the UFC when I'm seven and zero, oh, and they're Look like, "Hey, you. we want you. Can you?" I'm like, "I guess so." I you beat the system. Yeah. So at that point, I was kind of making enough money to get by and could live on my own. Um, couldn't support a family or anything like that, but I I beat the system. I didn't have to work in that cubicle anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in the UFC, you know, the UFC is like the NFL of fighting. Right. So it's the highest league you can get. So got my start in the UFC, but obviously was on my own. I was with my girlfriend at the time, which is my wife now, Kelsey, when I got into the UFC. But it was just me out there, like uh, early on. You know, this is cool. I beat the system. I don't. I'm working this cool job (laughs) as a professional athlete. Um, You know, so we would go and I would fight, and we'd come back and take vacation and basically just live and have fun. But when you're but when you're doing this, it's not. And we don't have to get like way into the nitty gritty of the world of a of a fighter, but it's not for for people who don't know. And I'm I'm somewhat ignorant myself. It's not like it's not like Scott where you're going and fighting every weekend or you know playing a match every weekend or whatever. It's a couple a year, right? You do about three to four per year. Four is considered really active. That's hard to do. I mean, it's hard on your body with the training camps and everything. But yeah. three is about average. Three per year because you're making weight for these things. So I yep. mean, it's a lot of like. Yeah, there's, building mass, cranking up, and then yeah. dropping weight right before your fight, and all that, right? Yep, you have to lose a a bunch of weight to make your weight class, um, and you also have to get in really good shape. You have to the the level of physical fitness required to compete for fifteen minutes in that octagon is uh, is incredible. But you bought it, you can't really sustain that for you know an entire year. You yeah. have to kind of work up to it, peak, and then rest a little bit afterwards. So bananas. How were you a scrappy kid? Yeah, like always, super athletic, super sports. Check check all those boxes. Yep. But like, were, were you a were you a rowdy guy that picked fights? Um, I wouldn't say I picked fights, but I was always a rowdy guy. Um, in sports, I always played with an edge. Always competed with an edge. Yeah. So hockey, you know, I would get into scraps off yeah, and yeah, on. Yeah, and yeah. I was always that guy that just high energy, high energy, yeah. and I I. You know, I never let people take advantage of me. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. So, so where's the, it's, it's, um, Scott hot sauce, uh, Holtzman. So wh- yeah. what, where, where'd hot sauce come from? <laughs> so hot sauce actually came from the cubicle job. Yes. Really? Yes. Really? This came from the cubicle job. Was it job. Ethel? Ethel gave yeah. it to you? Yeah. My buddy, Adam, 
So he uh, he's still a good friend. His name's Adam Scott. He rented an office in the same office building I was in. And he would notice every day we'd have lunch or, or any snack or anything. And I would put hot sauce all over Got it. whatever it was. Got it. Everything. Um, so he ended up coming to the gym shortly after. He started calling me hot sauce around the office. Yeah. And when you fight, people just want to give you a nickname. They yeah. want to call you like sure, sure. pit bull. Or <laughs> sure, sure. Anything. Axe murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are giving me these nicknames. It's something to make cubicle life tolerable. Like yeah. that, that is the small escape. That's why they do it. Yeah. So uh, so in the beginning when I was started fighting, I'm like, I'm not going with a nickname. I'm just a guy. I'm yeah. a competitor athlete. I'm not going to do that. I'm Scott Holtzman. Yeah. So he started calling me hot sauce. And then he came to the gym to train jujitsu started calling me hot sauce around the gym and it kind of stuck and caught on and i'm like you know what i'll take that because it's it's not pitbull it's yeah 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 yeah. murderer yeah yeah yeah. silly so (laughs) death and chains yeah and it's been good it's been good and and, and it's gotten passed on to haze a little bit right because don't you guys what we call him baby sauce baby sauce and that kind of came from some friends too so uh that's funny. yeah. He's got all sorts of nicknames now, though. Some good, some bad. I love. It. I think that's really funny though. That it's like baby sauce. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's freaking awesome. That's brilliant. So, as you kind of, you and Kelsey met, were dating, you were fighting at the time, or, or progressing through that. Talk a little bit about that. At some point you know, you guys decide to get married and you're moving in that direction of we're going to have a family, whatever. Is there, was there a conversation around like what you doing, what you do for a living looked like with having kids? I mean, cause you, if you look at someone like your, your buddies, Scott Stallings, you know, he's a professional athlete. He's a golfer. He's going to go play in a golf tournament. He's going to win or lose, you know, probably not going to come home much worse for the wear one way or yeah. another. Like, you're going to go into a fight. You're going to win or lose. Either way, there's some like physical tolls and effects it's going to take on your body that are going to yeah. be very apparent mm-hmm. to your kids, to your family around you, whatever. Like, What was that conversation and thought process like for you guys? If it even was one or if it was just more like, no, nah, dude, that's what I did for a living, so that's what we were going to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. I was already fighting when I met Kelsey, so... She was kind of thrust into it, so she knew. Yeah. Um, but with him, I think, you know, I only have a certain amount of time left on my career, and we, I always wanted him to be there, uh, to be in the pictures and have some of those memories that yeah. he, was, he was a part of it. That was really special to me. Um, however, I'm not sure if I wanted him to see me bleed and w- – I think when there comes a point where he can really comprehend what's going on and yeah. and that I'm hurt or then maybe we won't let him watch. Yeah. Um but for now it's been uh it's been cool to have him along on the on the journey but uh you know there's no real secret what I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm fighting other men and you could be hurt and you could bleed and all that. Yeah. Um you know and and at worst case scenario uh you could die in there so uh, it is really serious business, um, but for now, it's the for me, it's the only way to really. I look at it the only way to really show him, hey, you know, this is, uh, you know, how you set a goal. This is how you go after what you want, whatever it is. You don't have to be a fighter. 
You can be whatever you want, but this is how you go and get it. I didn't tell you. I I showed you. Yeah. Yeah. That's your today's dad definition. I mean, that is you showing from your, from personality traits to your actions, Mm -hmm. to your drive, to no matter what it is, go all in right? um, and and do it. And to me, that's, there's a, there's a, correct path that you are 100% I've already grasped that you're taking through your personality and through your teachings and through you being a dad and then your professional track. And then there's, there's the, probably what a lot of, for, for lack of yoga moms would be thinking is like, I don't know how I would treat that dynamic uh, yeah. to the point where it, c- it could be handled incorrectly right. um, to where it's, it's a negative connotation, but it's, it's, mm-hmm. y- you're obviously taking the, the right track and the, the the right approach and the um, the tact for it, and it's it's a pretty damn cool story. Yeah, I think um, you know, and obviously I study other parents now and, and sure, dads sure, and, sure. and how they handle their kids. Um, and I just thought right off the bat, um, you know, because you don't know if you're doing the right thing when you're, especially a first time dad. Yeah, like, I don't know. I sure, mean, of course. Should, should I let him do this? Should I let him do that? Uh, so for me, I always wanted to be in, when I looked at other dads and parents, um, I always, I was like, you know what, this guy, he's harping on his kids all day, but he's not, he's not do- living it himself. Yeah. He's sure. not, he's telling his kids not to eat this, but then he's eating, eating it. it. Yeah. Or he's telling his kids they need to go, uh, to practice or work out, but he's not working out. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to be the dad that shows not just yeah. tells like yeah. hey this is how uh daily this these small processes are how i achieve these goals yeah. so um you're not only gonna hear me tell you about it but you're also gonna see me do it and i think the flip side of that too is the um like the failure component of it like there's so much that can be there's so much that i think we our parent our our job as parents is teaching our kids about not only how to succeed, but how to fail and do and mm-hmm. learn from it and grow from that, you know, and at two years, it's a hard, right. Th- we're not having that conversation as much, right? 20 months, Palmer. 20 months. My, my <laughs> eight and a half, almost nine year old, you want to do the months on that. No, um, that. <laughs> you know, that's a conversation we get to have more fluidly kind of as, as an actual conversation of like, yeah. Hey, I screwed up at this today. You know, like this is what I learned from it. This is where I go with it for our, for our 20 month year old, 20 month year olds, 20 month year olds. <laughs> you got me all jacked up now. It's a, You're it's rolling. a lot more of showing. It's a lot yeah. more of, you know, that piece of it. Um, do you, do you find what you do now harder or different since becoming a dad than it was before? <clears throat> and, 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 and I asked that on across all fronts from time away from home to yeah. preparing for your fights to coming home afterwards. I mean, you were, you were talking right when we sat down about your fight in New Jersey and, yeah. you know, get, coming out of the ring and basically like putting haste to sleep afterwards and yeah. not like putting him to sleep, putting him to sleep, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, like having to go into dad mode and put him. Put yeah. them down before you guys went out and did your thing. Yeah, I finished the fight about 6 p.m. in New Jersey two fights ago. And 
was putting him to bed at 8 p.m. So changing his diaper and, you know, my hands are all sore and beat up. I can barely close my hands. What are you going to do after the fight? Yeah. Congratulations. I got to yeah. put my son to bed, man. Yeah. And it was like that. People were waiting on me down in the lobby and everything. I'm like, hey, I, I need about 30 more minutes. I'll be down there. I got to put the baby to bed. Awesome. So dude. nothing like some humble pie, like changing a good diaper after a huge win in the octagon. Yep. So that's brilliant. Um, but as far as things changing, yeah. And in the beginning, I kind of struggled. I felt this pressure that uh, I had to win in the octagon, like to make him proud. That really? Was, yeah. So I felt this pressure early on. Hey, you know what? You need to win because that's the only way. that That's how you make him proud. Um, but as soon as I started to kind of reframe that and think about that more and be like, you know what? It's not just about winning. Winning is awesome, and that's really uh, – you know, that's what we're here for. And that helps us all around. But uh, he's, it's still going to be about, um, he's going to love you no matter what, win or lose. Your wife's going to yeah. be there. Your family's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's not going to look back on whether or not I won. It's about how I pro- approached it and, and how I went about things. So, um, however, also, after having the baby things changed with training camp, I used to travel quite a bit for training camp. I'd travel all the way to Arizona mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. And we did that one camp when he was about four months old. Uh, and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't be away from home that long. So now with the training camps for the last six, eight weeks, I have to travel Monday through Fridays. But then I come home on the weekends to see the family and be with him. So this is a total side tangent and it's more out of curiosity like training camp for you what's the um mindset or the purpose behind having to travel for it is because it is it like you're not necessarily going and training at altitude or Mm. things like that right i mean it's more you're just going to be with your support team to yeah i have another team another longtime coach in charlotte uh and unfortunately here in knoxville my training partners are limited yeah so uh it would to make it more relatable, it would be like trying to train for uh, the NFL with the local high school team. Okay. So um, there are a few good training partners, but I need a whole group of guys. and Yeah. Uh, so it's a, it takes a lot of work. So I have to travel to Charlotte um, and do that. But I also train here in Knoxville full-time, too, when mm-hmm. I'm, you know, when I'm here and, and on the weekends. When you're training, are you like – in a ring like taking punches like training tra- like I mean, do you do that yeah. I mean, obviously you're not doing that every day but i mean are you are you doing like mock fights at all you do mock you fights near the end um you got to be careful with those because there's an increased re- risk for injury yeah 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 that's um, what i was wondering but there's a lot that goes into it i'll do uh boxing training i'll hit the bag yeah. i'll do strength and conditioning training where um just doing cardio i'll do jujitsu training kickboxing so i do all sorts of different types of sessions but mm. i don't do much if we do full contact sparring right near the end only a few times yeah and you wear a whole bunch of equipment because <laughs> yeah. it hurts fighting, yeah. believe it or not <laughs> it's weird how that works Lo and behold. so yeah. to sorry mike but to maybe kind of bring back to where we were you were talking about your the pressure to win and kind of having to reset that mentality was that was that a lot of work working through that or was it kind of like a we woke up one morning and we're like yeah I'm not I need to get my head right on this or uh I had to work through it a little bit but I also I used that 
motivation of being a dad as as another well another form or different type of motivation so then you know having him in the building was like you know gave me an extra boost yeah and it also it it almost reinvigorated my career too because whereas i thought before he had the baby i'm like you know what maybe i'll do uh you know we'll have the baby i'll do one more fight and that'll be it yeah but once we had the baby i just my body still felt so good i was still having fun and then i saw it as a platform or an opportunity um to be a role model and set an example yep um you just as the a page of being yeah. a role model yeah so whereas before I was fighting kind of for myself and because it was fun and yeah. because I was getting a paycheck and not having to yeah. sit in that yeah, cubicle yeah. anymore, <laughs> now now it was a, a I reframed it and it was a different sort of motivation. Now it's like, hey man, you have an opportunity here yeah. to show your son um, how you worked for this dream and you went after it, went out and got it, um, and also you know going back on the failure aspect. Um, hey, you know what? You didn't protect yourself. You went out and on ESPN in front of millions <laughs> of people, and you didn't know whether you were going to win or lose. Um, but you didn't cut any corners in your preparation. You uh, followed these daily processes, and uh, you put all your chips on the table and tried your best, win or lose. Um, so to me, that was the important part. And going back again... You know, not telling him about it, but showing him. Yeah. That guy, the accepting failure mm-hmm. is so important. Yeah. However, that must be framed correctly. You are winning even when you lose a fight. You are showing mm-hmm. your son <laughs> right. that you have gotten to this level. The fact that you are at this level shows discipline, it shows character, shows everything that goes along with it. So win or lose... Mm-hmm. You're going balls to the wall and giving everything to your dedication level to where you you are proud of your results. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you can't fear the loss of a fight because you, the concept of the game that you're doing it is a game, for lack of better example mm-hmm. or exa- word. word. Um, right. But <laughs> like the reframing mentally to me would be truly like. This is a win, especially for your son, yep. and the way you're illustrating it and showing it and presenting it to him, um, regardless of the win or yep. loss. And and even then, uh, I mean, you never know with fighting, right? Like any at any moment, sure, you could be hit with a punch in the wrong spot and go down. Sure. So you just don't. When you're going into a fight, you don't know if you're going to win or lose. Mm-hmm. You truly don't, especially at the highest level. Everybody's so good. Um, <laughs> But I, you know, I think that's the beauty of it too. Obviously, is saying, "Hey, you know, we didn't know if we were going to win or lose, but we we went out and and didn't cut any corners yeah. and and prepared properly, and you know, that's the lesson from it." Do you have a desire for Hayes to be involved in martial arts? I mean, anything from like taking karate lessons to like, do you have a do you do you want him to have a future in that? And I'm not even asking uh, professionally, just... Yeah. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> a slight exhale. Zero. Nah, dude. Yeah. Zero desire for him to ever, you know, have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, which hopefully is, you know, a part of this, right? Like showing him, hey, just pick something you want. 
I don't necessarily want you to fight people. I'm not going to push you to do that. I don't. So, want you so to remove do fighting. Like yeah. you, you, yeah. Are, you <clears> played <throat> hockey. It. So, yeah. I mean, professional sports. The, yeah. There's a certain thread of a character trait mm. that makes people go to professional sports. The level of discipline, the level of um, just competitiveness inside the blood, um, right. just to get there. Um, that's the same. You just happen to choose choose fighting on yeah. it. And and so the so I don't want him to fight. However. Um, the only lessons the the like I said, I grew up without a dad, so the only lessons that I've learned were through sport. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and I tell people all the time, and I get the craziest looks. I'm like, man, fighting people in an octagon changed my life. It really did. I've met some of the best people, and uh, you know, really learned how to be humble and yeah. learn all these lessons through training to fight and fighting people. It's been wild. So um, I just think lessons learned through sport are the most valuable. So, um, you know, I definitely want him to compete. And I think wrestling and jujitsu are some of the, you know, some of the best sports for the kids. Well, um, and I, I guess that's kind of where I was going with that question. I mean, your, your son has got a, lineage of athleticism in his makeup that's going to be hard for him to not probably be a gifted athlete (laughs) in whatever it is that he picks but it seems like there's such this surge now for for kids growing up now to go do karate classes because i think of the discipline element of i think it teaches a lot about drive self-discipline and whatnot so i that's kind of more what i was asking is the that piece of it well, that's another thing I struggle with as a dad too. You know, I've I've worked my entire life as an athlete to acquire all this knowledge. Is it is it <laughs> the wrong thing to do to not try and pass some things yeah. down and and say, hey, well, these are the lessons I learned through sport, and uh, here's how you do this or that. But I think uh, definitely the like the discipline from wrestling, jujitsu, and some karate. Uh, is so helpful for the kids and and I definitely want him to be a part of that makes sense to me yeah yeah I would think I, mean, I, would, th- <laughs> I would think when you're spending that time doing it you would want you not that you would want but that you would exactly what you said kind of have this sense of like I can pass some of this sure. knowledge yeah. along at the same time though I I <laughs> what I also struggle with too is like I see myself in the stands at you know, T-ball yeah, or sure. baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I'm just, and I think this is a characteristic of a lot of professional athletes. You, you're you not the guy in the stands yelling at your kid, you know, mm-hmm. hey, man, this is nine-year-old church yeah. basketball. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we're not working on the NBA yet. Or, yeah, let's cool it a little bit. You know, bit. so uh, uh, I see myself struggling with that. And I'm not that type of dad. I don't, I'm not going to be yelling at him and, hey, we got to, you know, this has to be perfect. You know, because I know that to get there or to make it at the end of the day, you got to have a lot of fun in the in the yeah. in mm-hmm. the beginning. So um, that's one thing I struggle with. But I want him to, you know, do whatever he wants. So if Hayes took to fighting, would you? I would try to discourage that. <laughs> discourage if if he took it and and he was on that track and it was self discipline and it was yeah. self drive, um, and clearly it would yeah. c- come from you because you are who you are. But like, yep. what would you? train him would you play that dad role or would you say go find somebody that knows how to fight um would you embrace it or would you like play the dad card he still comes out yeah. with his drive in this path yeah 
See, and what a, if that's his reality? Is that's it? a tough thing because, you know, as a dad, when I try to coach him, I have this specific skill set knowledge. Is it uh, the wrong thing for me to not pass that down sure. and yeah. not coach him? And, sure. Um, obviously, I'm trying to discourage him from fighting, but if there's nothing I can do, if that's what he picks, there. then is it unfair of me as a dad to not try and give him the best opportunity sure. I can to be successful in whatever he picks? And then there's two tracks to that. He, you could easily either see that he's gifted or he's just going to be like a gamer and very terrible at it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so there's one thing of like encouraging a yeah. gamer to be an MMM fight, <laughs> fighter yeah. versus a, a true yeah. athlete that can actually take it. Put the controller yep. down. Come over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. But just the road that I've been down with this fighting and knowing how hard it is oh, yeah, sure. and the sure. things that people uh you know and it's weird too because a lot of the kids that hey man i want to be a ufc fighter sure what do you you know what's your advice like do something else sure. <laughs> but, but do what, do what hayes, hayes is going to have an owner's manual if yeah. he like and and a true glimpse yeah. of what it takes so let's yeah. let's be honest the the practicality of him choosing that path if you paint it so mm-hmm harsh yeah. um, or yeah. reality it, as it sounds like yeah. um, it's probably small that he might choose that path. Oh, man his mom <laughs> and i are pushing for golf or baseball yeah good. we really want golf <laughs> yeah I'm telling good. you we've already got him clubs and he's got all the clubs good he's ready to go yeah, I, i've seen him do things <laughs> to you with a club that Yep. <laughs> resembles ufc more than more than yep. golf <laughs> yeah he maybe hurt me worse then I was hurt in the fight the other night. You put this, uh, you put this video up in your Instagram stories the other day of you were laying on the floor, I guess, like in your all's playroom, and he was just whacking you with a plastic putter. And I was, you were cracking up. You were like, you know, oh, you're hurting me worse than. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I flew in on on the day after the fight. Come right home to play with him, and he starts hitting me with a golf club. So I was beat up more in the the day after the fight than the actual fight. But but pushing him to the golfing, yep. track in life. As long as he's got a club in his hand, <laughs> yeah, I'm he's happy. good to go. So where does you mentioned earlier? You know that you your career is limited. Your timeline is as I think probably it is for most professional fighters. Right. What and what, life in general? Yeah. Yeah. Where where do you go after? What is what does life look like for you once you're not professionally well, fighting? I try to be careful with that question. Yeah, sorry if that's a question um, no, you don't want to answer on here. No, that's okay. I answer it all the time. Um, yeah, the career is limited, uh, and I always say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this as long as I'm feeling good and having fun. Still, I'm gonna continue to do it mm-hmm. um, as long as my body's, you know, fine, and I still feel really good." But you, I try to be careful thinking about what I'm going to do after too much because it takes away from the now and the mm-hmm. present. And as a fighter, you've got to you be, can't, you gotta be all now. in, man. Yeah. You, you can't train for a fight. So, I mean, you know, some guy is theoretically going to try to kill you in an inside an octagon. <laughs> uh, so you have to be a hundred percent vested Committed in that. To that. Yep. So, but, uh, I truly believe, um, again, lessons learned through sport. And how I've achieved the goals that I have so far is giving me a roadmap to do anything I can, anything I want. Yeah. I truly believe that when I'm done, whatever I start next, the next chapter, I'll be successful. Oh, sure. I can do anything I want because I know how to, uh, you know, I know how to set up a process. I know how to set goals short, long, 
Um, I know how to work really hard. Yeah. So I truly believe whatever it is I choose. And I have some ideas, but recruiting. Uh, yeah. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> recruiting electrical yeah. engineers. So, um, full circle. Yeah. Yeah. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. But I can promise you this whatever I do, I won't have a boss anymore. Yeah. Or I won't be sitting in a cubicle or you've talking it. on the phone. You've, yeah. You definitely have earned it. Yep. In your uh, in your notes that we ask a guest to fill out, uh, you said your favorite book um, is anything Ryan Holiday. Um, we we've talked about um, Ryan Holiday a handful of times on this show, um, especially during Stallings episode, and um, and likewise with your response. What's uh, what sh- what attracts you to Ryan Holiday? And it's funny because our generation of people are gravitating toward him quite a bit um, and just his, his writings and his conversations and just how quite frankly active he is in um, book writing and talking. Um, but like what, what attracts you to Ryan holiday? Um, you know, I've always been interested in philosophy. Uh, I think a couple of the philosophy classes I took in college were my most favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just like how it gives a different sort of uh, roadmap to how to, kind of handle yourself i think uh before growing up in the south uh especially and you're you're uh, put on this one track to follow this one religion uh, and things like that and that's how you're supposed to think and so not necessarily saying that's right or wrong but this is you know another way to and again me growing up without a dad you know some situations you know, I didn't know how to handle myself. I was never really taught how to handle myself. So uh, I think Ryan Holiday does a good job of of modern day stoicism. Yeah. Saying, hey, you know, you don't, whenever you see a problem, you don't have to fly off the handle. You don't have to scream and yell. You don't have to, you can ha- still handle it this way. This is kind of the right way to do it. Um, and, and this is how you set an example and, uh, this is how you uh, some good lo- guidelines to yeah. to live life. It is. There are so many nuggets. I I pulled out my daily stoic because you had mentioned that you're currently reading it, and it's funny. I've I bought this book a couple of years ago. I think it's two years ago, and I'm not as religious about it anymore as I used to be. But I used to read it, and then I'd like just jot a few notes with like 2018 next to it, and then because mm. you know it repeats itself every year. So then going back and it's been fun looking at what I took away from it in 2018 versus 2019 versus 2020. And I think about how we've had another kid since then we went through a whole bunch of miscarriages since then, like just how our life has changed and how those, those writings and readings talk to you depending on where you are in your life, you know, and you can apply them in different aspects. And I think that's a big, it's a big part of kind of like what your today's dad definition was of, kind of being what's needed in that moment, you know? And like, it's, that's a, that's a big role for us as dads is being able to read the room and know where, what you need to, as parents, moms, moms included in that too, but like knowing what you need to do in that moment. Um, and I would imagine it could be pretty frightening kind of having come up without a, a dad figure, a male role model, to, to know what that, what you're going to do as a dad. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you really have been able to dive into it with this. Like, I got it. Like, (laughs) like, cause you're passionate about it, you know? Uh 
did, was there a moment where you felt like that was not going to maybe be the case or was it, you just were ready for that next to wear that hat of being a dad? Well, I've, I've been passionate about it because when, when I started thinking about, you know, wanting kids and I love kids, so I've always kind of wanted kids. But, um, when I started thinking about it, for me, it was an opportunity to, it was almost like I owe, I was in debt or owed my son, you know, that because I never had a dad. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I, I want to be a good dad because I owe that because I never had a dad. So, um, you know, I felt this, like I was indebted to, you know, to him to be a good dad. So, um, and, and going back with the, the daily stoic too, and, and, you know, the timing of things when, when I look back and, and you know, I always, this is funny, but I always say whenever there's a, a tough day or something or wherever, whenever he's going through terrible two stage, yeah. I'm like, man, you know what? You're a UFC fighter. Like <laughs> he's, nobody's trying to hit you in the face right now. I'm like, or if I'm nervous and I'm not doing the right thing or it's hard, things are getting hard, you know, yeah. some days. I'm like, hey, you're a UFC fighter. You can handle this. <laughs> you fight guys in an octagon for a living. You'll be okay. So, I mean, that's part of like the the stoicism and staying even kill and things like that. Those that that positive reassurance and self talk. But um, you know, the book too. Uh, I, I seem to like it because you can read a little bit a little bit each day, a little bit each day, and. Uh, it always seems like the timing's perfect yeah. no matter where you're at. Yeah. Yeah, well said. What um I'm going to dig into the concept of not having a dad figure a little. Um what, what it's common, it's more common than it should be. What what's the biggest takeaway for kids now that you see in a personality trait for kids or what's the biggest thing that they can do to make it a positive or they end up coming out on the other side being this much stronger or the desire to be this much better. That's the way you've taken it. Um, it's kind of like filling in the voids through your parenting that you didn't have growing up, but like it's, it's so common of a family dynamic for a dad to be missing. Um, what's the, best thing like a community can do for those kids what's that supportive role look like um, yeah for kids that are in, in that position well i think it's odd because even i can remember as far back as me being four years old and kind of knowing you know that i didn't have a dad and even you know i had a stepdad off and on but I always kind of knew, well, you know, it's not really my dad. Yeah. Or, so, so I never, even when I was so young, I was never able to call anybody dad or, and I always kind of knew. Um, so for me, the, the people I looked up to the most, um, you know, were coaches of whatever team. And like I said, I've always been an athlete were coaches or even professional athletes, and I didn't get to really meet a lot of professional athletes, but um, a lot of those coaches through the sports turned out to be the biggest father figures mm-hmm. that I've had. Yeah. So um, kids I just kind of think, seek that guidance and yeah. they seek that dad north star through yeah. external people yeah, in their lives. I think so. And like I said, a lot of the, my most important lessons were learned through sport. 
So yeah. I looked to those coaches and, you know, and for me too, those coaches would come, they would pick me up for practice. They would drop yeah. me off. And, yeah. and now, and I'm funny because I still think about that to this day. Like my seven year old, for example, my baseball coach when I was seven years old, I'll randomly message him every now and then or call him and just say, thanks. Hey, thanks for always picking me up, always dropping me off. I know I was a shithead, you know, and I didn't always listen to you and I had trouble and I was a troubled kid, but you always gave back to me. You never said no and you were always there for me um, and and never asked for anything in return. Yeah. So that's powerful stuff. That's, yeah. And that's molded you to today. I yeah. Mean, that's yeah. completely, that's who you are and more so that's what you're giving to yeah. your kids. You're, you are, it's, it's mm. amplified. Your dad role um, yep. is amplified because of it this. It goes yeah. beyond just being humble. It's, there's, yeah, yeah. there's a huge humble yeah. element of humbleness yeah, of there, but it's that, it's that next tier of like, that's why when I was asking you earlier about mm. what's after this part, it's hard sitting here talking with you to, um, it's very easy to imagine you in the sport world still, but mm. finding a way to yeah continue to give back, continue to, to grow. Like that's where my, at least I'm sitting here imagining you yeah. you're doing something along those lines because that should have no bearing to what you actually do. No, <laughs> but, but but you can but you can tell that that like you can tell how important that is yeah. to you. Like you just exude that. Yep. Yeah. Build that drive on that front. And when I think about kind of you know air quotations giving back, I try to think about you know where I was as a kid and mm-hmm. how would I have given back to myself. Um, and then I think about how I would do that was just try and go out and be that guy that you never had or, or be the guy that, um, helped you when you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important to me. And I, especially with my son and and he'll develop these friends and, um, you know, if I can ever find a way to give back to, uh, kids without dads, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be passionate about that. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, well, we are going to move into our, our rapid fire questions here. Um, Let's do it. So the uh, first one is your drink of choice. Drink of choice. Drink of choice. Yeah, that would have to be Tito's and tonic with a lime. Nice. Now I get sugar free if I'm needing to lose a little weight <laughs> on the tonic, but normally not. Good man. Less fun. Um, less fun. <laughs> Um, when I drink a Tito's and tonic, if there's not sugar in it, <laughs> I'm out. Um, next question. Biggest lesson you've learned as a dad? Uh, biggest lesson I've learned as a dad. Oh, man. Just learn to roll with it. <laughs> Just roll with it. Um, most annoying song, show, or movie that you've had to watch or listen to over a thousand times? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Little Baby Bum song. God, <laughs> Little Baby Bum is the worst. And like yeah. Oliver is obsessed with it. Yeah. Little Baby Bum's rough. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. There's a couple on there that are worse than the others. The uh, police song? The, the No Papa one. Whatever that one. I don't know the name, but <laughs> My that's kids have the never most into annoying. It. Don't. I've, I've heard it the most uh, here at the Palmer don't. household. God, it's um, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good. Bad. I'm glad I missed that. Uh, yeah. Favorite thing Favorite thing to do with Hayes? Favorite thing to do with Hayes? Uh, hang out with him in his playroom. I, I don't know. No, I love to pick him up from school. That's, that's probably my favorite because I love it when he runs 
and yells dada i think that's my absolute favorite that's my favorite for my yeah. daughter yep yeah yep it's so fun and like when they run to you man like it almost you yeah. slow it down in your head yeah. and like that 10 second run <laughs> three second run like you just play it out and you're just like yeah. oh man this is great it's the best. yeah it makes love you feel it. like a superhero love, man yes. i love to pick him up right after yes. that it makes me uh i like how they can't see you sometimes when you're picking them up so yeah. you'll say like they'll just hear your voice and all of a sudden yeah. you just hear Da-da! <laughs> it's like what's yeah. up yep that's the best uh favorite band or favorite musician Ooh, favorite band a little baby um, bum <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd probably say overall pearl jam um nice, nice. yeah probably pearl jam overall i kind of go through stages but i you know big classic rock guy and i like old school rap too but pearl jam overall cool uh best part of being a dad Best part of being a dad is seeing my son have fun. Anything. Anytime he laughs over something or smiles, that's the best part. Nice. And uh, our last one is, what trait of your own do you hope that uh, Hayes will inherit or model? Um, just, uh, just my hard work, you know, capacity for work. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Drive and Drive. Ethic, work ethic. Yeah, work ethic. You you've got it, man. To, yeah, to do what you have to do on a <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a big piece of that whole thing. Another level, Scott, sir. Thanks for um, thanks for sharing your dad's story, man. Thanks for sharing your, your yeah. world to us and um, participating in our project here. And um, we will always keep tabs on you. And um, do you hope your twenty month old uh, <laughs> keeps kicking ass? Do you have a, a next? fight on the books do you know when the next one is or is that not i I don't have one scheduled yet uh there's a little bit of a a down period right afterwards which is kind of welcomed you know i don't want to think about fighting for at least a week maybe longer (laughs) um but i'll definitely fight another probably once or twice this year okay yeah so uh as we say in tennessee you got to get it while the getting's good (laughs) time to get it we got to set up that college fund <laughs> episode title. Love it. Scott yes. Holtzman getting it while the kid's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, thanks very much for, for joining us on the pod, man. Thanks Scott. Cool. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I think, you know, the big takeaway from Scott's episode, um, growing up without a dad, um, you know, the whole positioning of wanting to be a dad for his son by just being there. Yes. Uh, being the person that he needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's made his, him who he is today, his drive for today, his making up for lack of better, uh, like shortcomings that he was given there. Yeah. Like he, he's, and then he is amplifying that for his son Hayes to make sure that Hayes has the opposite experience. So that's the piece is the, the uh, humility may not be the right word for it, but that, that humbleness of just, doing it like like and and like you said you know i've i always have loved kids i always wanted kids and there i think there's a lot of opportunity as dads as parents to be intimidated by that job Mm -hmm. it can be very tough it can be very challenging at times not all of us get to be ufc fighters who Mm -hmm. have that as like the comparison Mm -hmm. right um but i think i'm gonna start trying i think i'm gonna start training let's see if we can get him to come back over Good. And he can officiate a fight between you and me. Let's you just and see what I. Happens. Oh, let's just right, do it. So let's, let's start this. 
but but I think you know that that piece of it was really that was really cool. I mean, that's our first that's the first time we've kind of gotten into that conversation with someone on the pod and yeah. um, to see how that shaped him and where yeah. that takes him. I'm really excited to see you know where where Scott is in a handful of years and what yeah, what course. the future holds for him because I, I think this is a guy who has only just begun to kind of make his mark on impacting people's lives. Yeah, I completely agree. Out, um, you know, not just his sons, but where yep, it goes from there. Yep. Incredible. Um, guys, we talked about a lot on this episode. Everything that we discussed will be in our show notes on our website, all the links, uh, Scott's today's dad definition video will be on there as well. Please check it out. And as always, all of this information is at wake That's it. Um, we, you and I are heading to Washington DC this week for the dad 2.0 summit nation's capital to kick some ass in the political arena. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, so we're really looking forward to that. Uh, we be following our Instagram stories and whatnot as we dump some content in there this weekend for you all. Cause we're really excited about it. Got some cool interviews lined up and, that's our jam. Stay tuned, guys. Um, as always, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And remember to wake, dad, drink, repeat. Cheers, everyone. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs>Thanks for listening. Please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow our community. Be sure to get social with us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can check out our website at wakedaddrinkrepeat.com. 